a Nickelodeon original podcast. Did you know you can listen to Avatar Brave the Elements ad-free? Start now with a subscription to Avatar Brave the Elements Premium. On Apple Podcasts, just $2.99 a month. Benders and non-benders alike, welcome to Braving the Elements, Nickelodeon's podcast about all things Avatarverse. I'm Janet Varney. And I'm Dante Bosco. And Varney, we have another stellar episode for everyone this week. And it's kind of a coincidence it worked out this way because last week's episode was actually kind of a, a perfect precursor to this week's guest. Yeah, that's actually really true. You could absolutely say that. The timing sort of just worked out this way. But last week, of course, we covered The Painted Lady with the amazing Faith Aaron Hicks, the writer behind graphic novels like The Imbalance Trilogy, Toff's Metal Bending Academy, and most recently, Azula in the Spirit Temple. And today we're bringing you two other incredibly awesome figures in the literary realm of the Avatarverse because we weren't intimidated enough <laughs> from just having faith on the podcast, Varney, you know? That's right. That's right, buddy. We thought we would double down this week and just bring you the mind and talent behind the Kiyoshi and Yang Chen Avatar novels and the fantastic narrator who brought these stories to life in the audiobooks. Everyone, please welcome author F.C. Yi and Nancy Wu. Guys, hey. thank you. Thank you Welcome for having to us, you guys. Super so excited! I'm so excited to get into the into the books. We love the shows, but we're beyond the shows now, and we're now we're <laughs> totally. literary. We're literary folks now, not just animation we're folks. We're literary. Them. We're moving to different mediums. Which, exactly. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh, I'm going to quickly point out, too, F.C.E. is uh, the name that you will see on the books, but uh, Christian is is who we will be referring to on the podcast because that is the name that we're using for you in conversation. Is that fair to say, Christian? Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Do you use what is, Christian what is on, on cons and panels? F.C. is actually my legal name. It's F. Christian E. It's like F. Scott Fitzgerald. Like Ooh. that, like that. I don't think, yeah, I'm not sure uh, if that was was specifically in in mind. You know, Your parents knew sounds great. You were going to be a writer. They knew it. They knew it. Uh, maybe, maybe that's right. I that's don't what even the know what the F, F stands, stands for. for. Writer. I've known you for yeah. seven years. <laughs> for writer, yeah. <laughs> oh man, this writer's a genius. We met each other with your very first book. I I actually was cast to do um, Epic Crush of Jeannie Lowe. Just yep randomly and we didn't know each other for that book or the second one either probably you got you got cast for the book and then we uh happened to be in boulder at the same time living in boulder at the same time and then we met you know we became friends uh friends there nancy has been my audiobook narrator throughout my entire career and after the she got cast for my first book we met up because we coincidentally lived in the same uh, same town and then uh, hung out and became friends after that she's narrated all of my books ever since Uh I mean, he told me he was writing this this new one on Avatar, but I actually had to audition for it. So hopefully it wasn't just, oh, let's have her. But I mean, it, it's one of the most incredible author-like narrator relationships I have. And we've become really close and stuff. I just visited him last year in Seattle. We had Thanksgiving together. So yeah. when we were trekking through to Vancouver. I know. So Wonderful. And yet you still had to audition. That's how it works. I, That's you a know, business, it was everybody. early. It was early in the day. <laughs> I know. But you got yeah. the gig. But you but got I did. the gig. You did. So that made me feel happy about that. Did I also the, hear you say that you met for the first time in Boulder? Yeah, Colorado. yeah. Because the that's like anymore. the most perfect earthbending 
I mean, there's literally a character called yeah, Boulder. Yeah, and it was. So yeah, it's true. You really picked it. You really picked it. You guys you, met you, in The only thing that would be better is if you were like, remember how we met in um, Air Temple Island? Yeah. <laughs> imagine if we started with a different place avatar. Exists in the world and it was totally random we just met. I love that you met in Boulder. That's mwah, a beautiful, unplanned, uh, perfect avatar city to meet. I love totally. it. Yeah. So, friends, there is so, so, so much to talk about, but we wanted to make sure that first we give a quick description for anyone who may not know. We don't want you to feel excluded if you're not familiar with the books that we're referring to. So Christian, along with some guidance and prep from one of our dads, Mike DiMartino, uh, crafted the stories of Avatar Kiyoshi, whom we all know from the television series and beyond. Uh, and those are The Rise of Kiyoshi and The Shadow of Kiyoshi. And then there's also The uh, Dawn of Yang Chen and The Legacy of Yang Chen, who is an avatar we don't really hear about in the series. We don't have to get into too much detail, Christian, but just for context, can you tell us a little bit about Yang Chen and kind of where she fits into the Avatar cycle? Yes, uh, she is the last Avatar that Aang talks to in the original series when seeking advice on how to deal with his problems with the uh, Fire Lord. I, I, obviously, there are Avatars before in the cycle, but I've always thought of her as kind of like the progenitor of the conditions that lead up to so, uh, uh, Aang's and Korra's uh, timelines and the, and the challenges that they face as, as well. So she kind of represents almost like a, like a matriarchal figure for all the avatars that came after her. But yeah. at the same time, you know, she's, she's a teenager uh, when uh, we see her story. And she definitely has uh, learning, uh, learnings to go through and, and growth to go through and problems of her own to face. That's the insight that uh, the Dawn and Legacy of Yang Chen books uh, kind of grant is what did that, what is kind of like the first person in this section of the line go through? Before we dive too much more deeply into the Avatarverse, we'd love for each of you to tell us a little bit about your background, and then we'll eventually land on how you became connected to Avatar. Christian, you're an East Coaster, right, who eventually landed in the Bay Area? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I moved out uh, to uh, the West Coast, started uh, writing as a side thing, um, uh, you know, while working in uh, tech and, and games. Um, the first, my first novel, The Epic Crush of Jeannie Lowe, is very much a kind of like a love, love complicated love letter to the uh, Bay to the Bay Area. That was picked up by uh, Abrams uh, Publishing, and then while I, I was engaged with uh, Abrams on that, the genius minds at Abrams, uh, the, the publisher Andrew Smith, uh, my editor uh, Ann Helsel, uh, figured out worked on this project. I think Abrams had already had a working relationship with Avatar Brand through other merchandise. But then uh, um, one day at a, at a con, um, I was asked, hey, like, are you a fan of Avatar by my publisher? And I, and I thought to myself, like, don't panic. That could mean a lot of things, not necessarily what you're... It could mean a you're, lot of things. You're not necessarily what you're, you know, the conclusion you're jumping to. So I just kind of was like, yeah. And then, <laughs> then what ended up happening, and this is the generate origin story of the, the book franchise, is that uh, afterwards I was told that um, Abrams had reached out to uh, Nickelodeon to do a proposal for a book, an Avatar Kyoshi book, and they said we got somebody who, who might be able to get, might be a good fit. And of course, I, would, I said yes. Who would say no uh, to, uh, to that? So um, that's how it got started, and uh, that's that's kind of like my path into writing, and then Avatar, the Avatar universe. 
I, I can't imagine what that must have felt like to know, like, even though it's all good stuff, it's sort of like the positive version of being gossiped about. Like, you know, the idea that it wouldn't get to you until it was really time for you to know about it. But you know that means that there were all these conversations happening about, you know, the epic crush of Jeannie Lowe, about your style as a writer, how that might be a good fit. And so, I don't know, if I, if I were you, I would have kind of been thinking about that, playing it over what that must have been like in my mind once I knew it was really happening. Yeah, it. I mean, when I reflect on it, it just shows how lucky I was and how it makes me feel incredibly grateful. It's not necessarily a standard procedure for working with an IP. Um, there's lots of different ways those conversations can go. So all I can do is, I think when I think about that, is just be thankful to um, you know the team at Abrams, the team at Nickelodeon, Mike, Brian, everyone for just like that's a huge confluence of factors that led to this. I mean, I would say without you writing a tremendously awesome first novel, um, probably had a lot to do with it. Yeah. You better take some credit. Nancy, where did you grow up? How did uh, acting also spin off into award-winning audiobook narration? <laughs> how, did, how did all this happen for you? So I was born and raised in West Virginia, actually. Um, strange tidbit. And I got into theater when I was in middle school. Did like the whole Pinocchio, the cat. It was like, you know, all this really great, thriving children's theater community, which is kind of strange, I guess. People have differing like concepts of what West Virginia is like, but actually, you know, it's kind of cultured in Charleston where I grew up. Um, and so I just, I loved it. And um, when I went to college, I knew as an Asian kid that I really wasn't supposed to be studying the arts or theater or anything. <laughs> so that was not um, possible. Um, but uh, so I, I just went into like Asian studies and I moved abroad and lived in China. I was telling Dante because he was just there, right? Um, yes. In China, getting married apparently. Getting um, married in China, yes. Oh my gosh, very dreamy. So I, I worked abroad and I was in business actually. I was like in consulting right after college. And um, it was miserable. I just had to leave. And when I did, I got to came, come back to New York and I went to theater school. I was at the Neighborhood Playhouse and then I did the whole New York thing. It was nice. intense. Yeah, it was very yeah. intense. I started doing audiobooks kind of during that period of time. And uh, it was just something you fell into, you know. It was kind of um, 15 years ago, maybe. And they were not many audiobooks at all. Was only doing a few books per year in the beginning because it was such a small industry. And uh, then I actually left New York and I left acting. And strangely, I went to get um, a master's degree in um, human rights because I wanted to go back to school. And I did that Amazing. in Italy. Yeah, in Italy and in Thailand. So I left the country and wow. I totally broke my identity with acting in New York. And I got a call um, from my producer, just like a month in, he's like, hey, we have the next book in your series. Can you, you know, can you come in to record this? And I was like, um, I'm in Italy. <laughs> he said, oh, well, can you find a studio there? So I recorded this book in Florence and nice. I found this great studio. It was so incredible to start. You're living like, the life, Nancy. Abroad. You're living the life. You're I living know. that life. And then I, I did another book in Switzerland. I was in Geneva doing my, you know, working at the UN for a hot minute. And then I did the rest of my schooling in Thailand. And then I just continued to do like a tiny trickle of books from producers that had been hiring me before, yeah. but I wasn't really doing it. So that's what kept my foot 
in it, I suppose, because you can do it anywhere, you know, and they were professional studios. It was kind of the most amazing thing. And I kind of do that like now. You sound like an international again. woman of mystery. You're out in the yeah. world doing all kinds of stuff. She You're sends me for photos of you and then I'm doing a, yeah, then I'm going to do an audio book. Then I'm, I don't know what, what's going on. I'm working with <laughs> refugees. No, I'm an activist. Refugees. I got to do uh, my thesis. Activist. What's Ed? What? I know. I know. It's weird. I did. I kind of just tried to escape. And I don't actually live in the States so much anymore. We, When we both left Boulder at the same time, we started traveling after COVID. So I'm still recording abroad now, kind of. Yeah. I was just in Cape Town and in Thailand. And so, and I did Christian's book, this last one in Thailand with my friends from 10 years ago, like wow. the studio that I did books with a long time ago. So that was in Thailand with this awesome group of people. I mean, we already knew how outclassed we were on this one, Dante, but we I, didn't even yeah, know I mean, the extent to which we were outclassed by both of these people. We're talking about books. First and foremost, we're talking about books right now. Yeah. But I, I, I you know, I've, I've read the first, I mean, I've, I read the two Kiyoshi books and I read the first Yang Chen book and I, the, the, the latest Yang Chen book just came out, so I'm about to start that. And when I say I, I read them. Uh-huh. I, I meant I list, I listened to them Same. on audio, so I listened Same. to you, Nancy. So, but they're oh unabridged, so I really felt like I read them. You could say oh, you feel embarrassed, yeah, for listening and not being a reader anymore. Do you guys still like feel a little like, uh, I mean, I, I know. I don't think anyone should feel guilty about listening to an audiobook. It's it's fantastic to have you know a, have a teammate and a partner on a book format. So no, it no is great. No, but people they're, still do kind of be like. Hmm. Yeah, well, I know. They're like, did you read it that or did you listen to it? I'm like, I listened to the unabridged yeah. version of the book. What I would like to do is <laughs> then buy the book and put it on my shelf to let people know that I. Don't <laughs> 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 count. Yeah, that's from, really from important. My opinion as an author, Can you look into, my, look into my Audible yeah. and see all the things I've read this year? Yeah. No, same. Except for I don't say read. I just say I listen to them as audiobooks so that I then don't have to defend myself later when someone calls me on it. Um, But no, just while we're talking about it, though, Nancy, like to me, um, having done some, certainly not this amazing sort of stable of, of books that you have done and continue to do, but it's just such an intimate form of acting. And it's this very particular kind of responsibility to the author, uh, having the sole voice of the story, which then Mm. very often contains a multitude of voices within that voice. So it's just very dense and also just sensitive to for me in a way that, you know, getting a role and doing something, there's maybe there's a whole village that it takes to make a cartoon or to make uh, a a TV show or what have you. And it just feels so one-on-one to be given that responsibility. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. It is such a different medium. When I started doing it, it was incredible. You got to play every part. You know, for someone like me or anybody that's, you know, we're all kind of boxed in as actors, but particularly, you know, um, being Asian and small in stature, it's, it's hard to get to do great work. And when you are in the booth and you get great literature especially, it's such a joy. It's so satisfying. You have to create the entire story. And it is really different. It's a different medium. It's a different set of skills. You're working technically. It's a it's it's long form. So it's quite exhausting, you know? Yeah. And um, you have to do a lot of research. And um, if you're lucky, you get to work with an author or a director. Yeah, we got to... That's the thing is, like, we got to talk a little bit about how the voices would end up being and do a little, like... Wow. Mini direction. I remember we were in a we were in um, 
might have been a restaurant, but we were listening to audio clips uh, of of Kyoshi, and I was like sit, telling Nancy, "You gotta totally. sound like you're seven feet tall." Like, you gotta like, <laughs> you gotta, like oh, I didn't realize like, she was that tall when I when I was listening to the when I read the when I was listening to the book, listening to the book, I didn't realize she was that tall till you were talking. Yeah. I was like, "Oh my goodness." Yeah, yeah, and we're like going over the voice. I was like, "What do you? What is in your head?" And he's just like, "Okay, here's some clips. Boom, da boom." I was like, the funnest one for me was Laga, you know. And he's like, he's like, "Here's Boomy," and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing! I can do Laga, like you know, like some crazy, you know, um, strange bender." And you know, I got some Azula clips, and we were talking about like so many of the characters yeah. were just. Everything had the source material is so rich, and mm. I geeked out on everything. And I started getting really, I don't know, just um, inspired and uh, watched everything and just went down the rabbit hole. It was so much fun to work on these voices and for him to actually give me, you know, his understanding um, and answer any question that I had about it and, and run things by him, in fact, you know. Christian, I mean, you alluded to it before, but what was your relationship to the Avatar verse before your publishers Abrams came to you with the question that that ultimately led to you writing what like how were you were you the fan were you, how like how well did you know everything yeah i was it? a i was yeah i was definitely a huge fan of of the shows they were already one of my favorite pieces two of my favorite pieces of uh media like i tell the story in like one of the four words of the books where um, I th- there was like a time where I tried to, uh, uh, where I thought I might wanted, might've wanted to be a TV writer and like searching online, there's like, how do you become a TV writer? They're like, first write a spec script for a show that you like. I wrote like a spec script, I think for, Av- uh, for Avatar. I can't find it anymore, which is really sad. I like oh. oh, wow. Um, <laughs> oh, I, hope like, it tur- I hope it turns up. Somewhere and you're was like, Zuko wait a minute, there. was Zuko there? Uh-oh. No, it was so- it was about Sokka, and it was about. Of course, Sokka. it was about Sokka. Of course, was it? it was about Sokka. Everyone loves Sokka. It was about Sokka. Sokka feeling bad he wasn't a, a bender, and this was before I had watched um, season three. And the, I don't uh, know whether it predated Sokka's master. Yeah, I don't know whether it actually predated Sokka's master, but it was definitely before I had watched Sokka's uh, master. But like the the take of that was like basically trying to turn him into like. Batman, where he'd be like using gizmos to make it, to, <laughs> yeah. to account for it, and yes, then like, I think course. the fighting style I wanted to give make Sokka specialize in was Wing Chun. Like he would be like oh. there would be something like a busy he'd be like in a crowd and like something you had to you'd have to fight. So there was like very obvious references to Wing Chun. That's what. He's so that's that's like the extent of like how much of a fan I was. I was like, well, like maybe I wanted to be a TV writer, and like what show would I pick? So. That, and it, it didn't never manifested, and then I, I don't remember what happened after after that. Someone you know, say it did then manifest. Of, it did, <laughs> I, I guess did it manifest. So. Yeah, it totally right. manifested. That's, that's actually true. Yeah, that's, it did manifest. Quite true. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we had Gene Yang on the podcast. Uh, I think it was last <laughs> season, and I feel like I read. Uh, just a mention. You 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 were also very aware of him. I don't know if you guys are friends, but kind of a similar like you know just having the experience of of being exposed to Avatar and sort of wondering, like, could I fit into this world? Like, how would this, you know, uh, you're, are you a fan of his? Are you guys friends? I'm a huge fan of his. Uh, I've gotten to speak to him at a couple of panels that we uh, did 
uh, together, but uh, that's about the, as much time as I've been able to get with him. But even still, he's just so awesome and instantly, you know, it makes you feel like like a great, like a close, longtime friend. Uh, we, I've geeked out with Faith about uh, about Gene when he, you know, when he wasn't <laughs> when he wasn't there. That happened at New York oh. uh, Comic Con this past uh, this past one. But yeah, I was a huge fan of his. Read AB uh, American Born Chinese before I even started writing so cool. myself. He pro- his influence is probably subconsciously been there from the beginning that's such an amazing part of this world is like you got everybody kind of geeking out on each other which is essentially what we get to do on the podcast because we are such huge fans um that makes me so happy but christian the process of working with mike uh Martino, did it start like was the first conversation you ever had with him like did you meet him in the circumstances of oh hi everyone approved me to write these books. Like, was that sort of the first, are you like, hey, I'm going to be making a massive mm. contribution to the canon of this world with your help. Let's go. Great <laughs> to meet you. Hi. Like, what was that like? It was, it was like, it was like meeting like a, a master uh, and being, and going through all the nervousness and anxiety, but then finding out how awesome and, and chill they are and how much uh, they, ha- they can guide you. We discussed uh, ideas Um we I, we got to know each other a little bit, um, and then uh, after the after the initial meeting, um, I submitted outlines and proposals uh, for his review and commentary. And then after that, uh, he was intimately involved in reviewing the draft and providing commentary mm. on that uh, as well. So he uh, you know observes and guides through all the throughout the, the whole process, and he does it in such like a with such a deft touch. Like he'll comment at the exactly mo- at the most incisive point hmm. with, wow. the min- with the with the in such minimal but effective terms yeah. where you realize oh my god I'm really working with like mm, a, a a team leader and a showrunner like I don't know that much about TV writing despite my earlier story but I understand that there's showrunners who can just make the right nudges and course corrections to get you on the right path and that's um, what it was like uh, working. Uh, uh, working with uh, with him, which is really funny because it's like my outlines that I originally submitted, um, I almost never follow. <laughs> I almost never oh, follow really? Them. Did you ask? Did you ask Mike? <laughs> did you ever read my spec script or did it ever come across? Oh no, I never desk? submitted that. Like, <laughs> I, I, never, I, never, I never, I never, I never submitted that. So there's still um, time. Again, if you find it, there is still time. Check yeah. this thing I wrote. Check this out. <laughs> yeah. It's like a really funny process because like he got to see where things stuck to an outline, where things deviated, and provide the uh, the feedback. And then on the on the Yang Chen books, I got to uh, do the same thing with both Mike and Brian. Uh, wow. But uh, yeah, the the initial conversations, uh, the end books ended up in very different very different places. He wrote a really nice forward for you. On the first Kiyoshi book, I think. Yeah, Isn't that was right? just it's yeah, really that was nice. just an amazing moment. I was so grateful to to receive that that gift. Yeah, yeah. deserved. Many of us uh, in this in this conversation have have definitely written and submitted and had editors or had feedback from networks and stuff, and even just sending in like our podcast plans to our two dads. Mm. Uh, you know, when I'm waiting for that to come back, like even though I've had nothing but positive experiences with them, I'm so worried about letting them down that I always have this like pit in my stomach waiting for that, those notes to come back. But the way you describe it, it sounds like he does have that skill. Do you have to sort of take a minute and feel on the, on the defense, like, Oh, you know, I'm going to take this personally. And then the next time I read the feedback, I won't take it personally and I'll realize how helpful it is. Like, do you have that sort of same insecurity that I have? You're, you're describing the exact thing that every, like almost every <laughs> writer goes through, no matter who they're talk, talking to. 
Um, and it happens every time, and the way to get through it is basically the slow reality creeping in that your your ed- editors and mentors are just such wonderful and skilled people, and they're totally on your side. So it's that combat with like fight with yourself and the anxiety of like ah, you're trying to deal with the feedback before realizing that oh, there's whole teams of folks who are you know pushing you you to be the best uh, that you can be, and it doesn't matter. Next book. Same anxiety, same fears, same right. thing will happen again, uh, happen again. And but the same result will happen. All those folks who are helping you um, thrive will, will will also be there for you. Nancy and you you alluded to before also that you you kind of went and took a deep dive into the Avatar verse. But before you kind of signed on to the gig, did you have a relationship with Avatar? Did you know about? Was it in your peripheral? You know, I asked Christian. I was like, wait a minute, what Avatar is this? And he told me, he's like, right. yeah, I, I, you know, I was like, the blue one was there, you know, one exactly. was this. And, um, and I was like, yes, I remember because this was not really my generation. And right. um, I was doing theater in New York and I wasn't a voice actor at all um, or, you know, animation person. And then my boyfriend and I, you know, started watching it and we did, it was insane. I was so moved actually by the series. I'm a Miyazaki person. So for already so many years, I had been watching Spirited Away and, you know, um, Totoro and all of these things. And to find something so culturally relevant to me, it just felt so good. How authentic this show is, how good of a job, you know, Mike and Brian did. And everything was just eye-opening. I was just crying. I I don't know, like every, you know, Iroh, all of the themes, everything being Asian. Right. It was so important to me. And it and, came out um, of America and we're Americans. Like how's crazy how crazy is that? I was so impressed with how authentic everything was too. You know, it, it is crazy. I mean, as Asian Americans, right? This is the whole thing about representation, own voices, and finding places where we exist. I, I do a lot of this kind of um, BIPOC stuff and kind of speak on some panels sometimes for narrators and um, own voices types of work, but just having that available is so huge. You know, it didn't exist at all. We, we weren't seeing ourselves. And I, I'm saying, you know, people, American kids that aren't, are white or not Asian are looking at this stuff and totally accepting it. There's no question about, oh, why are they Asian? Or what is this? Or why are they coming from this country? And so I think that with race, we, we kind of, um, forget that the next generation brings a different level of kind of acceptance, inclusion, you know, anti-racism. And it's just uh, the diversity is insane. I I was so, I'm just so inspired and personally so much with my family and experience is reflected in the, you know, the kind of cultures and stuff that happens in the avatar world. I feel like we didn't really settle down into the comment that you made earlier because it was sort of a passing comment, but the idea that because you're Asian and small in stature, you weren't ex- like giving the given the ability to do great work is just is so heartbreaking. <laughs> And also just so absurd. Like (laughs) you say those words and everyone not, we all nod like, yeah, that sounds right. And yet we all know that is the weirdest truth ever. Like nothing about that makes sense. We all know it was true, but it also does not have to make sense. It's not like we're like, yes. And rightly so. You shouldn't have been able to do good work for those two reasons. Like it's crazy. And, you know, we're making, we're producing content in a country where like 
like all white content is zero reflection on my upbringing. Like there's no, you know what I mean? Like most of us are not yeah. living in an America or a world where we're like, yeah, like everything's just vanilla. That's cool. Like that reflects back what I see. Like that's just so, it's just, it's just hilarious. But to your point, if yeah. you put the content in front of young people, yeah. Or anyone for that matter, but there's no young question. These right. days, we're going to accept it because we have been exposed to all of these different cultures, so many totally. of us. And that is a better reflection of some little pieces, bits and pieces of, of what we're experiencing or big pieces of what we're experiencing every day. If you need proof that we got a, had a problem and we still have problems, like just do the math. That's all you got to yeah. do. Just some real simple math, you know? It's also just, I mean, the fact that kids are learning about Eastern philosophy and spirituality, you know, these American kids don't have that concept of Taoism, you know, maybe Christian and I, for sure, you know, my father grew up, you know, and we had all of the poems and he was very kind of emotional type of um, immigrant who came from China and always dreamed of going back. So he was kind of literary himself and, you know, the ideas of ancestor kind of worship and respect and filial piety, all this stuff that goes on with, you know, Zuko and Iroh and these things, the chakras, that might be my favorite episode. Well, I have a lot of Guru. favorite yeah. places. Mm, Learning save it, about save this. It. Oh, we'll, okay, get it. we'll get it. We'll get it. We'll get it. All of this martial <laughs> arts. I'm just talking about all these Asian things that, you know, um, people wouldn't have been exposed to in a Western yeah, audience. It's, it's just like, oh my gosh. And everyone so loves it. People that are now adults at cons that tell me this film has got them into like their 20 year lifelong study of martial arts, which again comes totally. with all the philosophies. And these are not Asian kids. These are like uh, yeah. white kids, black kids, Latino yeah. kids. And I'm like looking at them I'm like, wow, this wow. is, this was what brought you to like your life philosophy. And then, and it's amazing that that avatar is a, you know, a piece of that kind of bringing mm -hmm. acceptance and opening totally. the, uh, just illuminating the next generation. And, and I think you're right. And like the next generation does see the world. Doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that our generation is still dealing with our yeah. generational trauma. Yeah, that Sometimes exactly. we put on them, but we're, mm. I mean, we still have to deal with our stuff, but it's kind of, it's already changed. It's yeah. such a global yeah. world now. I mean, it's much more culturally open, I suppose. People want to know the histories of other countries. And yeah. so it's exciting. Yeah. One of the wonderful things as a, as like an old head fan is watching folks come in in waves and the Netflix waves and become fans mm, of the property. That totally. Really proud to say like storytelling wise, themes wise, oh. look how much, look, not only is it holding up, so it's still, still smashing it. Yeah. So it's a, it's a great joy to see more and more folks uh, discover the, the verse. So what has the reception been like for each of you uh, now that all four books are out in the world? Christian? Oh, uh, it's just been so many things. It's been so fun uh, getting to uh, go to cons to re represent the books, and but also really emotion, really emotional, uh, because it's um, it's been a such a tremendous uh, uh, journey that to get the chance to to talk to folks at each different stage and have that reflect what's going on in the kind of like the arc of my engagement with uh, Avatar. Anytime I stop to th think about it, I get <laughs> I get all choked up. Inside. You're on the right place um, for that. But, don't you worry. If yeah. I don't cry at least once an episode, something's very wrong. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the, to see the, that folks are, are, are you know just happy with 
things that the books have brought is uh, just really uh, to the is just really touching the reception uh, when I, I go out and meet folks it's it's just being able to connect with people who have been able to connect with something that I've written and there's nothing more special than that so well deserved such good writing some of the best kind of books that I've ever narrated they're definitely my favorite this oh. christians the work on thank this thank thank you that's it's true. You've you've read a lot of books, so I know yeah. I know I know what that means. It's um, oh, he sets things up yeah. so perfectly. You know, things surprise you. Even I've read the book, and you know, you've done an, an audiobook or two. I think you were saying before, like mm-hmm. you read the book and then you perform it, and when you're performing it, it hits you so hard. Like yeah. every single moment, you are in, and you are immersed in the world. You're kind of in this box again. You're creating it, and the moments just hit with Christian's work, you know, all those. And you know, because you've listened to the books, those pivotal parts where it's heart-wrenching. I mean, yeah. same with the, the television series. It's just heart-wrenching and so poignant. I am so privileged to be able to do these, really. And people have loved them. I mean, I'm, I think that the reception of the audiobooks is pretty good, too. Oh, God. Um, I mean, I've, if oh, you don't hear that directly, please know that we absolutely hear that at cons because Dante and I both love talking to fans about all aspects of the Avatarverse. And again, because we have listened to the books, um, we're right there to talk about it. And again, it goes back to the kind of intimacy of that. Like, it feels mm-hmm. like everything you just described, we're experiencing that and we feel like we have this best friend that we don't even know, but somehow True. they're now our best friend taking us, carrying it's- us gently through this world and helping us process the emotion that the words are making us feel because you're feeling them right alongside. So I think, you know, I don't know how like in public you've been about stuff like that, but please know that people are going to like cry and want to hug you as, as they should. Tons of fans. Yeah. There's like a, there's like a craft element, which, uh, you know, that kind of like spoils the (laughs) the vibe, but like you're talking about the moments of intimacy, like there's also like the writer's trick of of, like looking at your work and you're doing a revision and you, and the the rule is make it hurt worse, worse, (laughs) worse, make it hurt real bad. Yeah. I mean, there is some heavier things in these books and I'm thinking Kyoshi's story that is way heavier, way darker mm-hmm. than what I was prepared Expecting. for when I was real. <laughs> totally. like, well, what's going on here? Let me re- I had to mm-hmm. rewind. I'm like, hold on yeah. a second. What, are they <laughs> what saying did, what, what just I happened? think they're saying? What did that Foreshadow report. Foreshadow report. Yeah. For those of mm-hmm. you who haven't read. It's no, heavy. for sure. Heavy. For sure. I feel so bad for Kyoshi. Like this is, <laughs> I mean, we fell in love with her in the costume. You see the statue yeah. and, this, you know, and yeah. the thing and the Kyoshi Wars. And we love Suki. And there's like this beautiful thing with it. And then you you read the backstory mm-hmm. of what Kiyoshi went through. Yes. And you're like, oh, oh. my God, this yeah. is horrible. Yeah, like why? Thing. She's like the most unhappy, just not, she didn't have the great time as the Avatar, as <laughs> other Avatars kind of had. She just had her own dark thing going on. And it's... Oh. But she had she's had she had such important people in her life and yes, oh, team course. Avatar such for love her. and yeah I a mean the Christian that's can, can we talk about team. that real quick just the when Wait. I first found out that every Avatar starts <laughs> having a team and team and, and the, and the, oh. the glory of oh, each so team and what I mean when you see Characters. what's going on with Kyoshi's team and then what you see what's going on with Yang Chen's team mm-hmm. and you see that that throughout time there's a history of other Sokka's, other Kataras, other tops that. 
And you're like, oh my God, like it's one thing to be a great avatar, but then it's another thing to be like one of the the members that, you know, it, it just the history of it kind of just clicked in my mind in a way that I was like, oh, this is phenomenal. Yeah. Like, there's always been, they always need help. You yeah. Know? That Masters. was, a, that was actually one of the themes that uh, Mike said, like, that's, that's like uh, an, in, such integral to the franchise. He, Mike, I remember Mike specifically said, our journeys aren't taken alone. You know, mm-hmm. you, you have, you have team you have a team of friends right uh he, he gave me the space to explore what that team of friends could potentially <gasps> right see. Cool. It's a little, they're it's so a little, good you did they're, so they great. end up pretty wacky i know in the, in the novels including a team of like friends that don't even like each other that much <laughs> right <laughs> that much but um but that was one of the critical things that he said like you can't really call it an avatar story if mm-hmm. you don't acknowledge the importance that no one is alone in this right. world and like you're not this isn't a story about somebody rejecting um, uh, connections and and totally. you know rejecting vulnerability and the relationships with other human other human beings, which so, totally uh, makes you think of your own life, you know, especially yeah. as an actor in Los Angeles, where we're like all I feel like all these artists in Los Angeles are going on their own hero's journey, mm. and you know it makes you think of like who has been your clique and whose cliques you've been in to help them other friends out <laughs> in their journey, and it's you know you, I kind of just all clicks in like oh yeah I've had some friends I've been rolling with for like. Tw- 20 years and we've been through some things. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I was the avatar, if they were the avatar or what. I don't know what happened. I found something that you're not going to like. Well, it sounds like a sheet of paper, but I guess you're referring to what's on the sheet of paper. You know, there are prequels. I feel like, you know, probably we've all maybe seen one or two or read one or two or thought about um, stuff where you can feel the reverse engineeredness of the story that comes before the story that we all already know. And that's a really hard thing to get right. And I have nothing but respect for anybody who's tasked with that. For me, my experience with your books is like, it could never have been any other way. Like there's no part, I accept it whole cloth. There's no part of me that's like, oh, so Christian made the decision to da 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 Like it feels like you yeah. unearthed the stones in the mountain, you know, and we're like, okay, this already existed. I'm just translating it. I'm the vessel, like it's coming through me. And that's not what it is. You created those. And obviously, you know, you had your your feedback and your help from Mike, but it, to me, it feels like you're just doing what it only could have ever been. And I think to me, that's, I hope that is, a, feels like a compliment because that's, oh, you know, it just never, it just doesn't feel flattered. like, I'm like, of course that's Kiyoshi's story. It was always Kiyoshi's story. It's like, actually, it, you know, this this didn't exist so before. Good. So great job. Oh, thank you. I mean, the, it comes down to the, the how how deep and rich the world building is in, in both shows. Yeah. Uh, the the yeah. fact that there's so many there's so many internally consistent and logical elements that play off each other in the uh, in in all some all the creative choices that uh, that were made, and also the being able to to see a transition between generations in, and being lucky to see how the universe evolves from one generation to the other, from Aang to Korra, that helps kind of like get a pattern in mind. So, if, mm-hmm. okay, if like you see numbers uh, and you can decipher the pattern, if you can decipher it going forward, you can also, it's an easier time deciphering it going backward as well. So all of that comes down to how much care and love was put into both, uh, both of the original uh, uh, original works. There's also mm-hmm. en- en- just enough wiggle room between eras to understand like, you know, the passage of time kind of glosses can 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 smooth over a lot of things or create a lot of um, uh, twists that uh, you wouldn't expect. But because of the passage of time, and we're talking about things on, from a historical 
uh, perspective, it's easier th- for things to make sense uh, in, mm. in, in that way. So like it, it, it was, it was done through, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of useful uh, help and, and, a, and a little bit of like a, <laughs> you have an out here uh, with the passage of history, especially with Kyoshi, because that's a lot of time passing where I could sure. just kind of say like, eh, yeah, true. <laughs> you know, something changed in that 200 years. So <laughs> Works that's for me. True. Works for me. So we've talked about kind of how you built out the canon. Like what was the historical non-Avatar research like, Christian, as you are kind of dipping in and out of eras that, you know, mm-hmm. we understand from the Avatar verse, like mimic our reality, but not necessarily entirely. Like what's the world building like from just a like our real history versus like the Avatar versus history, you know, with carts and cars and you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, uh, I don't, it's like, I feel like it's less about doing a project specific, uh, uh, tackling of history. I mean, yes, there's, there's, there, there is definitely, uh, a good percentage of doing specific research into a subject that is relevant for the particular project you want to tackle or the initial idea that you're brainstorming. But uh, there's also an ongoing background amount of just showing interest and curiosity in all sorts of histories and uh, mm-hmm. that can be helpful if you if you just keep reading and reading and reading, um, even when you're not working on any one particular project. Um, it can lay the, the the groundwork for something that becomes a seed that you do go deep on a deep dive. In Kyoshi's uh, story, there are elements that I brought in from just being curious about the um, various rebellions that happened in, in, in various Chinese dynasties. Um, for Yang Chen's uh, era, there's a lot of just already reading that I've been doing about the Cold War and the intelligence gathering situations that happened during that time, and also the Kohong mm. system in China and the restricted trade with the West that was happening during a specific era in time and what logistics systems they set up. Those are things that like kind of had just like a passing interest in, and there's there's other areas of of history and other t- areas of the world that are, that I've just kind of tried to maintain a background level of reading in, and they it pays off when it comes to ta- uh, time to go deep on a specific project. Yeah, it's fascinating. Amazing. You do the history, but the, the whole Avatar versus seem to like kind of talk about history, but also in a weird like Simpsons way foreshadow and be so poignant for events that came long after we did the show, which is phenomenal. Now the four books are out. Um, do you have a favorite book? Is there a favorite book amongst the four books mm. out? Why? If so, why? Like what? Uh, it's a tough please one. pick a yeah. ba- pick a child. Love a child pick more one. than your other three children, guys. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> it's a this terrible, is a terrible question. question it's a terrible ask. question. Yeah, especially because some of them are younger than others. You don't have books to have an answer. Yeah, like, Go get that, that new Yang Chang book. Get the new one. That's the best. I mean, yeah, I mean, yes, that's the one that just came out on for sale. Get the latest book. It's the best. Really pulls things. Mm-hmm. Oh, my favorite! My favorite book is the box set available at fine retailers. Oh, well played. There you go. Well, I can talk about why it's hard to pick a favorite because I think yeah. I feel like they reflect different arcs and where I was as, as a career author. Mm. Kyoshi, I, I didn't necessarily know what I was doing at the time, so I just kind of bludgeoned my way through, and the end results turned out to be popular. So that's <laughs> that, that, that mirrors what I was feeling. With Yang Chan, I felt like I I knew too much. I'd learned too much. I was beset with anxiety on like what, mm. what is the correct step forward when when anything could be you know could could lead to you know problems or or, or success. So what they were going through in each of their books um, reflects probably what I was going through in you know in my in my mind. So uh, so that is why I cannot pick a favorite to answer your right. question. 
I'm going to say the first Kiyoshi book because everything was so impressive to me. And being able to do that, the um, the writing and, and being introduced to everything so powerfully. My product manager uh, at Day Job Hat says that's the best one to pick because that's the top of the funnel. Maximize the mm. top of the funnel to get the maximize. <laughs> really the, the, there you go. Just there you start go. at the Flow beginning. To the, to the end. Can, can I say as can't a, stop uh, after that? As a citizen of the Fire Nation, that it's great. We got these waterbender avatars. We have an Earth Kingdom avatar, of course. Two air nomads now. <laughs> um, Christian. Uh-huh. Calm down. Um, anybody? I don't know. Can we get a little Fire Nation mm-hmm. avatar? Love. Love. Have, I gotten, have I gotten you? Love. Have I gotten news for you? Uh, which I, I'm pretty sure I'm clear to talk about this. I will talk about it at any given opportunity. We, uh, you, you can, we can look forward to a book, The Reckoning of Roku by Abrams. Let's go. Mm-hmm. In Let's July, go. 2024. Written by award-winning oh award Filipino author, Randy Rubai. Author what of are we talking about Mike right drop. now? Mike drop. We're melting faces from the Fire Nation right now. Good folks out there in the Fire Nation. It's coming <laughs> for you. The Fire you. Nation will be will We be finally fun. get to hear about <laughs> a fire. I mean, we know yeah. Roku. We love Roku. We haven't got enough Roku. We, mm-hmm. we know we understand it's a problematic situation going on, but we're, let's find out what's going on. Let's get the details of what's going on. Yeah. Randy, we'll get, oh, we'll oh my gosh. There. If you haven't checked out Randy's works, he is literally an award-winning uh, author. He is one of the best voices in, y, in YA at the at the moment. When I heard that he was going to be taking on Roku, I was so excited. I cannot wait for, for July. Like I'm probably going like, to I don't know. Just figure out some back channel way to read. I was going to say, I, I'm we, too excited for, for this. A man was caught sneaking into awesome. a fellow author's house last night, <laughs> arrested for <laughs> sticking Stealing a manuscript. manuscript under his shirt. You stole their waterbending scroll. I prefer to think of it as high risk trading. Yeah, it's like the meme of the guy pulling out the gate, like Randy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, right now in in our chronology, we are living very much in book three. Um, Team Avatar mm-hmm. is embedded in the Fire Nation. So I'm just going to start with asking uh, if you have favorite characters in Avatar The Last Airbender, because Christian, I have heard that you and Faith Aaron Hicks share a uh, love for a common character. Just going to go ahead and lift up my shirt it's just in like case the greatest of all time. I happen to I... pick the right shirt to wear. There's a little someone with a headband with little palms on it sitting on a badger mole. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Toph. I've got, I've got, I've got on record as, as, as with, as Toph as being one of my favorite uh, characters. She is who she is. It's something I envy. Yeah, it's uh, it's, Boy, it's, it's it's when you see somebody who's figured themselves out to that degree, we can we can only we can only look on in awe. What about you, Nancy? Favorite oh, gosh. character Who in the I Avatar say? series, the television well, series. I think that um, Uncle Iroh just gripped my heart of somehow. I, I yes, yes, I suppose I I feel there's like a connection to my dad or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe like. Every episode with him had such wisdom and it brought it home. Right. I mean, obviously, uh, I mean, 
Aang and Katara. I mean, the whole the whole group is incredible for all of the things that they do. And Zuko, oh my god, everybody loves Zuko so much. They should, he's great, but sexy I'm, I'm, there's, there's no shame in Uncle. There's no shame in Saint Uncle Iroh. I mean, we all aspire to be Uncle Iroh. I, I mean, yeah. I hadn't thought of that question. I haven't been asked that honestly. So um, I, I guess I was like picking what not one of the typical ones, but right. um, I suppose. But Fire Nation, nonetheless. But Fire Nation, nonetheless. Yeah, Iroh's uh, huge. The arc that the He's arc that Zuko goes us. through with his with his uncle yeah. and the arc you go through is incredible. It's just it's super moving. And look, and Mako, I don't, for and the Mako. people watching for for Mako. people watching us, it's you know Nancy is dressed kind of Fire Nation and Christian's dressed kind of Earth Kingdom. What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> we don't even know if that's a we don't, don't know, know if that's going to be a hint to what type of bender they are. So don't even we don't try know, to get them to happen. It. Tell it just us. Happened. Yeah, it, it could have just been today. a coincidence. Hmm. It could have just been a coincidence. Christian, you have called out a couple of favorite episodes before. Um, have they changed or are they the same two that I read about? Uh, they might be the same two. The the two that I'm think that are thinking of are Avatar Day and oh, The Great okay. Divide. And the great and the, oh, the great people really? love the Great Divide. Okay, I'll tell you why. I'll, the story, stories, sure. stories on both. What of, is it? So first off, Avatar Day because obviously my this my Avatar career wouldn't exist without that episode. Yeah, right. Kyoshi's we, big uh, feet. Introduced to Kyoshi. That's where we, yeah, that's where we get her um their, her you know de- character defining moments where there was so much to latch onto uh, at that moment to see how she ended up as an adult and to develop a story of how she got there and how she evolved to that to that point. Right. So that mm-hmm. is the foundation of of Kyoshi, and that's a little bit more obvious. What f- folks don't know is is that the Great Divide is actually the foundation of Yang Chen's uh, uh, character. First off, Ugh. the Great Divide introduces the tribe that. Kyoshi's one of Kyoshi's main villains is from the yes. Hanjin tribe, but, oh. but it also forms how um, oh. it also is forms how Yang Chen approaches her avatarhood because what uh, the way that uh, Ang resolves the conflict through his trickster uh, status. I've yes, heard you guys yes, mentioned yes. that before, but he, he essentially lies to try to, to for, yes. for the sake of peace. So I was thinking about this a lot for Yang Chen. I was thinking like, okay, somebody who is air nomad principle says like, guys, peace is the best option. But what happens if everyone just says like, no? We want to keep fighting. We know who you are, and we don't care. We're going to keep fighting. What does a pacifist have in their arsenal to 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 go with at that point? And I was like, they could do it. They could lie. <laughs> they could be. They could use intelligence. They could use spy. They work. They could use leverage, which is yes. a nice word for what mm-hmm. Yang Chen uh, does, uh, mm-hmm. in order to save as many lives in a non-violent, non-confrontational way possible. So then, that is the genesis of like, huh? Yang Chen could be a spy master. Because you know she's still a pacifist, but she needs to get stuff done. What do you do if no one listens to you? It takes the high road. You got to figure out another way. So the Great Divide, the wow. Great Divide, is the formulation of Yang Chen's oh. character. That's some luck you knew Jin Wei and Wei Jin. You could call it luck, or you could call it lying. What? I made the whole thing up. You did not. Wow. I mean, it had it a makes great so much sense that you're saying it, but I don't remember divide. knowing that. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out I've to Giancarlo Volpe. Giancarlo uh-huh. Volpe, the director uh-huh. of The Great mm-hmm. Divide, mm-hmm. which, you know, actually on the list throughout the years has been the lowest ranked episode in at all of the Avatar, the first series. But I actually love The Great Divide. I love, too. It. I love it too. I love For it the too. Art too. I love the art styles yeah. that are going on. It was very, They're, very they experiment cool. in that one? I think no one liked the fact that he lied. I, I, my, my, my thing is, I think because he lies at the end, everyone kind of feels. Uh. I incorporated this theme uh, uh, 
and and I I I maybe I may have butchered it, so I, I apologize if I messed up the concept. I mean, you know, disrespect by no. it, but like there's a concept in 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 Buddhism, Buddhism, the skillful skillful means. So it's like you 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 do something that's not quite the truth, but gets people closer to the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the story, sure. the story of the story, the story of the man trying to save his children from the burning house. It's is an example of that. There's an element of that that gets in 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 Yang Chen and. So again, again, mm. I'm nowhere near as well as learned as I should be. So I apologize if I got that the concept wrong, but there's an element of that. I love so. this because, again, we have shown so much love for The Great Divide on this podcast. It got two episodes, uh, which we sort I of did to say everyone. Like, oh, is it filler? I'm sorry. We're going to give it two whole episodes on the That's podcast. That's how I feel. <laughs> and now you have tied it into the canon so tightly I'm and importantly. Shit. I'm now going to take... No one I gotta read the second it book with like that in my mind. <laughs> ever. There's all these little the secrets. Great divide. Yeah. Oh, Nancy, what about you? Favorite episode? You know, the whole Appa storyline just uh, I don't know this just gripped me you're gonna um, make Barney cry you're gonna make Barney cry I was crying when I was you know I wanted to watch it the next night the next night when are they gonna find him what's yeah. gonna happen yeah I know so the, the library and the I was just not even expecting that and then to be gone for so long and and watching him go, I don't know I'm such a softy this is what I'm thinking about doesn't he go and um to the air temple and find the guru and yeah, we got Appa's lost days. Appa's lost yes, days. Yes, Appa's lost days. Hmm. I, I don't know. Somehow these these kind of themes they uh, they get me. Oh, and then same. The, yeah, understandable. understandable. And then learning about the chakras as well. That I yeah. thought was amazing. That I was yeah. blown away. I'm like, you're introducing this to kids. I, I remember learning that he can't go to the very top chakra. You know, there's seven, yeah. starting with earth, and then you know. Um, yeah water and fire and heart and and um voice ajna and then this he's not allowed he 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 refuses to let go of attachment right ang refuses yeah. to go let go of attachment time, right? and the guru says wait wait you can't reach enlightenment this way you need to know how to get into the avatar state but the fact of the matter is and and yang chen says it is that you're not allowed to go there because you're the avatar and you must be attached, attached. to the world. So you're yeah. not able to oh, be that's so someone that's just completely the, enlightened. And The bodhisattva theme. Yes, they're not, exactly. Their avatar isn't a Buddha. They're a bodhisattva. They stay mm-hmm. connected to the world. They try to teach and guide. Even though they could peace out and get, yes. get to enlightenment, they don't do that. When <sighs> I, yeah, when I put that together, I was like, oh, because I study um, yoga and Buddhism you know, pretty seriously with my Ashtanga practice, but this really blew me away kind of understanding and and all of these kind of Taoist principles and of nature and the spirit world are woven deeply into um, the core of this universe and to be able to to teach that to kids in such a clean way yeah oh, it's so beautiful and I, I think know. it's relatable for those folks who too maybe are you know we're raising it with a different theology but just the sort I guess the exactly. idea of having a, a a person who's a bridge to the divine in some way um also bearing the burden of like 
the pain of what it feels like to be a human being is the sort of thing that, you know, I think a lot of different cultures are attracted to for very good reason. To me, that's the best version, but it's not a competition. (laughs) But I agree with you. So Christian, if you could bring a character from book three, which is where we are right now, into Kiyoshi's time, even if it's just for like (laughs) a little snippet of time, is there a character that we know of in book three? You know, it could be one of our regulars. Um, is there anybody that would that would enjoy Kiyoshi's era or that you think Kiyoshi could benefit from hanging out with for a day or something? Ooh, oh, oh, I have two. I have two. One would be uh, Ty Lee because she could hang out with Air no- Vibe with Air Nomads and she'd be a good influence on Kiyoshi. But the other one might be um, Azula because then oh. she could see what a, what a, a Fire Nation that's not uh, you know, not in their imperialistic phase, uh, might look like the family that I wrote into Kiyoshi's time uh, has can can manage exceptional, talented people very well and get them on the right path. <sighs> so, like Azula under that uh, tutelage, um, again, like right, like Rangi is like very close to Azula by yeah. Intention. Uh, but somebody who who can provide that type of guidance for somebody who is an exceptional talent and, and is it was always like a. a a nifty concept in my in, in in my head. So I love that people Amazing. always talk about redemption for Good Azula answer. and what could have gone differently, and that is the best in a, answer in I a could multiverse. possibly imagine. Only yeah. in a multiverse, huh? Only in a multiverse. Yes. yes. Nancy, is there a character in book three you think it would be fun, say, in an alternate universe to voice? Hmm. Everybody did such a, did such a great job with everything. I you have to say pretend like, like that. that's wiped. You have to pretend like this yeah, is an like, alternate universe. It's a new and cast, new cast, it's like the Spideyverse. Like just everything sort of fits together atomically differently. So ah. you you're going to take it on, and it's a brand new thing. You've never there never was anybody else voicing it in this universe. You know, Azula's arc is so intense. Yeah, like so this is what a great character. Oh my gosh. And Gray was phenomenal. And like the control that she had in all those different moments. I'll be able to tell if you're lying. Are you sure? I'm a pretty good liar. I am a 400 foot tall purple platypus bear with pink horns and silver wings. Okay, you're good. I admit it. Okay, well, I'm talking about I would like to do it, but if I did it, you know, I wouldn't be able to do it as well as she does. But, um, to be able to play those scenes and kind of like bring yeah. Amy down and then get seriously evil yeah. and then have these when she breaks and she goes crazy yeah. and this oh, kind yeah. of thing. Oh my gosh. And, and yeah. Zuko has I'm a lot of that. these. Zuko has a lot of these moments too. It's insane how rude you are in the beginning. Oh, all the way through <laughs> here and there. What nasty things you say. It's incredible. Petulant, I'm just like, petulant said that? little prince. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. uncle. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> especially Uh-oh, in an Asian did family. That? Did you say in that? An Asian family. That's you're what like, I'm saying. You're not saying I'm just, this to your uncles. You like, just it's said not that. good. This yeah. is not good. What else would I expect to hear from the laziest man in the Fire Nation? <sighs> they so say good. that to each other. They say that. I mean, actually, in Chinese families, they get kind of like volatile. So maybe they say this kind of stuff. But from a child <laughs> to an elder. Yeah, mm, no, 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 no. Yeah, all not, you not, siblings. Not. These nasty. Yeah. Favorite hybrid animal? Do you have one? It doesn't have to be the favorite, but do you have a favorite uh, hybrid animal? Well, I, I said Appa, right? And Peng Peng. Okay, Peng Peng is the bison that Kiyoshi has and yes. Kelsong, her teacher. Uh, and and Peng Peng has, has less feet. Is this right? No, uh, that's uh, Ying Yang. Uh, Ying Yang. Uh, okay. Ying Yang is Jimpa's bison who has. Okay, this is Ying Yang Chen. There's, there's, right, right. there's, yeah. So, um, 
Pang Pang and um, and Appa, of course. They're just so adorable. But yes. to be honest, I like Pabu. I know. I love Pabu too. Oh my God, Pabu. He's so, so cute. cute. He just yeah. ends up there with Boba. Yeah. He's so adorable. And these little red love. pandas. Love. Yeah, so love, I love, mean, love. I, lo- I love the weirdness of mono animals. Um, so, And I also love uh, knowledge seekers. So uh, Kyoshi's animal companion, the which is the fox, I'm confirming it at the end, oh, um, is, okay. is I, I have a special oh, appreciation fox. for. Yes. But also, um, I love sky bisons because logistically, when you're trying to write the story, you almost can't have one without a sky bison. Because yeah. It takes too long. I outlined I tried to outline something with where, where, where Kyoshi didn't have an access to sky mm-hmm. bison. It doesn't it, it doesn't really work all that it's well. Hard. It's hard. And my favorite sky bison is um uh, New Gen, Yang Chen's bison, because New Gen, I never said this before, but New Gen is kind of modeled off of uh Swift Wind from uh Princess uh, Shira. Netflix's Shira oh, and Swift Wind is kind of like Swiftwind is kind of like a glory oh. hound and kind of a, a little bit vain. So, like, I tried to incorporate elements of New Gen is kind of like, I'm awesome. I'm Yang Chen's bison. And like, oh, that's so genius. I don't know if, how much of it got through, but that, that was that was huh. kind of like my inspiration. Uh, New Gen. You and then, heard it here first. Because Appa's, Appa's a pretty Sky humble Appa's a pretty humble bison. Appa's a yes. super humble bison. Yeah, yeah. How but uh, New Gen is like, is like a pet who thinks they're the, they're the best. Yeah, and is, a little, uh, oh, it seems little like a cop-out just bison. to say Sky Bisons, but it's Sky Bisons. The first time I saw it, I was like, oh, you know, Miyazaki. I'm like, it's a Totoro and, and the cat boss and everything. I was just like, it just nailed my heart right away. So Sky it's Bisons, bison how do you go wrong flying around? Half really? manatee. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You're, so half man. You're still wowed by it. All these years later, I love it. I know. We found somebody who did. I, I Our first episode, they were, we found out that the sky bison, because I was like, what animal hybrid is it? And they're like, and we, and we found out it's a bison and a manatee. And then Manatees what I did is like, fur. no, but I, go- That's Googled, where the bison I Googled comes a manatee. From. I Googled a manatee and literally it was a big manatee in the water. That was Appa. It was the shadow of Appa in the water. And I was like, oh my, oh my God. gosh. I didn't yeah. know. And then people That's beautiful. Like, you know, then yeah. people tried That's to tell me they animal. knew it. They knew that also, but they didn't they know did that, Barney. <laughs> These cabbage heads didn't we know got that. A new one. We got to okay, so also like, we had to ask you guys, of course, all the cabbage heads out there need to know our juicy question, which is uh, who do you ship? Who do you guys ship in the Avatar world? Mm-hmm. Relationships. Anyone I have an answer a little bit. Canon or non-canon? Christian. I first want to know if Christian has one. Yes. What do you got? Do you have a you have I like, Yeah, you're in the hot seat. I like, Sokka, I like Sokka and Suki due to how well, you know, well-adjusted yeah, they are as a, as, as a couple. Great couple. And, great yeah. couple. That's not a shit. Adorable. Great. Yeah, I love that yeah, you can ship somebody who's canon. You can. You can. It's a canon couple. Yeah, you can. Absolutely. It's a, it's, it's a, that's called, what's that called? It's supposed what's to be Sokka, like Suki? all in like your... your Saki. Saki. I, I think it's Saki, like right? That. Your yeah. imagination. Saki. I thought shipping yeah. was specifically like, you have this dream. Fan fiction goes crazy. I like, uh, I like uncanon ships. Yeah, uncanon ships like, are good. Yeah. So do you have one answer? You Harry must have Styles an uncanon ship. Tomlinson, you know, that's hey. what ship. Hey, <laughs> let's just bring that back from like way, way back. I, I actually, I actually like Sokka and Yue. Yue. Yeah. Of course. You course. always get that name a little wrong. It that's is Yue. That's rough, buddy. Yue. That's, that's yeah. canon too. Yue. It, it is. Yeah, Yue. Sokka gets Yue. all the girls. Can I just wrong. put that out there? No, no. It, Sokka, Sokka and Yue. 
I yeah. say yue because I speak Chinese and yue is it's means moon. moon. Yeah. And so if you take it a little slower and send yue, then that's yue. what it's, right? Yue. That's how she's called. Yeah, we always just say yue. yue. But if we take yeah, the yue. W out, yue. It's like yue. But it's actually yue. like yue. But that's hard yue. to say if you don't speak Chinese. I'm going to work on it. But yeah. It just sounds to too weird in English. The, you know, a lot of words just sound weird in English, too too strange for, for the, an ear to get. So it's better to kind of um, um, ease off of it. But I really it's loved hard. her. She was so beautiful. Oh. That story is heartbreaking. She's a fashion icon. She's a fashion oh, she, icon of the Avatar verse. Oh, also, he fell in love. I was so, like, you know, beautiful, but she's the moon. And she's the moon. Mm-hmm. Your ex girlfriend just rough, happens buddy. to be the moon. That's that That's whole rough, tradition. Um, Everywhere you go, your ex girlfriend's hanging out just <laughs> over your shoulder. Oh, yeah. That's, so that's rough, carry, buddy. has to carry that. That's around the roughness with of the, yeah. the whole thing. I love both of those ships. I, it's hilarious that um, they both involve Sokka because that just proves that's his <gasps> point that we all are preoccupied with Sokka's love Sokka life. Sokka gets which we all are. the girls. Uh, no, he's he's uh, he's such a favorite. He's such a favorite of mine as well. Um, we got to know what kind of vendors would you be, Christian? Did, are you giving us the hint with your love of Toph and the sh- shirt that has some green in it? Or are you going to blow yeah. our minds right now? Honestly, it evolved over time because you get as being asked this at cons, like I said, things are, things have changed. I, like I started with uh, Airbender. I've said that in uh, panel because I was saying like at the time I tended to to avoid my problems and no bad situations. So it was a very <laughs> negative, negative jing. And then I think at some point I was like combustion bending because I was probably going through a phase where like I would like things to blow up if I get angry enough. At them. <laughs> combustion <laughs> man. Combustion <laughs> man. Yeah, there's definitely a, a yeah, there's definitely realizing how useful earth bending was when I started writing Kyoshi. And then lastly though, I think where I'm mm. settled on as being older than when it was when I started. Mature age. Is, Water bending for healing. Oh. There's nothing better than healing. There's nothing good. You know, point. You know, it's what I, I feel like I need. Yeah, you know, oh, self healing. But it's also what's you know Use what's, what's what gives the most good uh, to other people as well. So water bending, healing, oh, it's the best. I love it. Right. Uh oh, sorry, Dante. That's a good answer, Nancy. Nancy. God, I'm going to talk about yoga again. We talk about these three doshas, which are basically like how your nature is, like how somebody's nature is. And it is like um, fire, water, or air. And you Mm -hmm. talk about how people are unbalanced. So that's a concept in, you know, um, um, yoga, Ayurveda kind of principles. And Mm -hmm. we've always, I've always been, Pittavata is fire and air. So we were kind of talking about like, not what would we be, but what are we? You know, you have mm-hmm. friends that are like the earth. They're more like slow and they're earth benders and they're kappa. They're very heavy, but they're strong and, and like, you know, powerful. And then you have like the fire nation. And for your, I don't know, like your personality, it kind of like goes between air and fire for me. So I, I think that it would be air bending for me because you can fly also. It yeah. also makes makes you a little bit flighty. You know, whenever you're doing something, you can just kind of like whip away and yeah. flee, fly, you know, just take off. Okay. All right, Varney, before we wrap this episode, will you introduce uh, this special feature of this particular episode? You know we I will. will. You know I will. Okay. <laughs> All right. So here's the thing. We've already established that we are both huge fans of Christian's novels and Nancy's narration, so much so that we 
felt like we kind of wished that we could, you know, copy our heroes and have our own audiobook to narrate. And because I'm an idiot and Nancy is a wonderful person, she agreed oh. to narrate a portion of what we will call The Rise of Braving the Elements with a special foreword by F.C. Yi. This is F.C. Yi, best-selling author of the Kyoshi and Yangchen Avatar novels. And all I can say about this book is that if you're someone who likes your avatar content in the meta format with an amateur's hubris, you won't be disappointed by how disappointed you'll be. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, Nancy, take it away. Excerpt from The Rise of Braving the Elements, written by Janet Varney, narrated by Nancy Wu. Chapter 6. The Quest for Honor. Dante scanned the green room backstage at the Springfield Comic Con, running his hand through his foxy salt-and-pepper hair. Although he made sure to give a friendly "was up nod to his fellow convention guests, there was no sign of his co-host. Suddenly, an enthusiastic voice behind him rang out, Hey, buddy! Before he could even turn to look, Janet bounded around and in front of him, her soulful blue eyes sparkling. What do you think, Bosco? You ready to show the world we're becoming professors of the Avatarverse? He finished for her, a smile playing across his ageless Filipino skin. Exactly, exclaimed Janet, lifting a hand for a dorky attempt at a high five, which Dante pretended not to see. Undaunted, Janet continued. Just one thing, though, buddy. You're not going to spend too much time defending the Fire Nation, right? Dante seemed to avoid meeting Janet's gaze as he stood up a little straighter, his expression taking on a politician's persuasive smile. There are some good people in the Fire Nation, Varney. Some real good people. Yeah. <laughs> Nancy gave us so much cred by doing that. So, so amazing. I love that. Why did I write something oh my that's gosh, so I... flattering to you and so insulting to me? <laughs> I don't know. I would have definitely easily... high-fived you, Varney. I would have definitely high-fived you. You're the cool Come one. On. You're the cool one. You can't high-five me. You gotta, you're too busy like taking care of your ageless Filipino skin. Oh, <laughs> Christian, I'm Nancy, you. thank you. Thank you thank for you having so us. Much. This is so much fun. This is amazing. Such a wonderful conversation. Just hearing you do that narration is getting me excited to jump into the latest Yang Chen book <laughs> yes! and have the great divide in my mind while I'm listening to it. Oh yes, my gosh. Indeed. <laughs> Where can we find you? What else can we love of yours? This is your opportunity to share that with everybody and get the word out. I'm on Instagram, uh, Ye Book Author. It's Y-E-E Book Author, all, all one word. Um, and I have a mailing list that you can sign up for at fce.com. And uh, that's where you'll hear updates about anything I'm working on. I'm Nan Wu Reads Aloud is my handle on Instagram and Twitter. And um, nancywuvoice.com is my website. Um, and uh, our, our industry magazine is called Audiophile Magazine. For people that are interested in um, audiobooks and are big listeners, like they do so much to uh, present the work we do and give um, reviews and recommendations all the time, like every week. And so there's also features on different narrators um, on audiophile.com. And didn't so you just you fairly recently win yet another award, Nancy? Yes, the, the Yang Chen book won an Earphones Award, which Audiophile gives Yay! out. And I'm so excited because they've never reviewed one of our books before. And I've always thought, oh my gosh, this should, you know, 
that really needs to be um, reviewed in this. So I'm super happy and it'll bring people into the entire, you know, four book series. And uh, for a lot of, you know, people who have never even heard of Avatar and that are, you know, more listeners, readers, they will understand what this phenomenon is all about. So yeah, I'm so happy that that got the recognition. Congratulations. Congratulations. Congratulations to both of you. You're amazing. Thank you, thank you thank so you much. Guys so much. What a We're wonderful so conversation. happy to meet you guys. Yes, thank you. You're fantastic actors and voices. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Avatar Braving the Elements. Want more Avatar? Follow the official Avatar Braving the Elements account on TikTok at, at Avatar Official Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Janet Varney and Dante Bosco. The theme song was composed and produced by Jeremy Zuckerman. Audio production and editing was provided by Z. Rodriguez Thomas and MindJam Media. Avatar Braving the Elements was executive produced by Lynn Keston Sessler. Produced by Lisa Summerscale Steeler with consulting producer Janet Varney with production support from Kira Chow. And special thanks to Avatar Studios, Garrett Beltis, and Danielle Pretzfelder Demchik. Trademark copyright and phono record 2023 Viacom International Incorporated, all rights reserved. This has been a Nickelodeon original podcast. 